Welcome to the Stunt Show here on the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Razamik, and today, as the new year continues to roll in, I would like to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions. Lose 10 pounds, plant a garden, run a marathon, eat healthier, read a book every month, keep in touch with old friends, clean out that closet, that one, we all know which one, spend more time with family, be nicer experience more things. We've all made those New Year's resolutions we say we are going to stick with, and then a few weeks into the year, we think, well, I didn't really mean it, or maybe next year. I don't really have so much time, you know, with school or work. Apparently, 8% of people follow through with their New Year's resolutions, which was discovered in a study done by the University of Scranton and published in their Journal of Clinical Psychology of 2014 and 2015. Now, honestly, I kind of was expecting it to be more than 8%. Um, I've made New Year's resolutions, and I haven't stuck with them, but I was shocked to find that only 8%, not even double digits. Um, so what's the secret to sticking with your New Year's resolution? How do you actually clean out that closet because about three weeks ago I said I was going to clean my room over my vacation I've had over the last two weeks and now that I'm back in school I didn't clean my room and that wasn't even a New Year's resolution that was a you know I have vacation that's what I should be doing type of thing and guess what it didn't happen are my parents surprised probably not so much um so what's the secret how do you actually carry through with the things we plan on saying especially when You know, it's a new year. It's a fresh start. Even if you're not doing New Year's resolution at the beginning of the secular new year or the Jewish new year, you do it on your birthday. You do it. You know, today is August 12th. I'm just going to start. And how do you stick with it? What's the secret? So Today, I'm going to interview um, a nutritionist, health coach, um, and a life coach, two types of classic New Year's resolutions or people associated with two classic New Year's resolutions to eat healthier or to get your life back on track. And we're going to try and figure out some tips in sticking with New Year's resolutions and how we can better zone in and keep with them and be make that 8% much, much higher.
Stunt show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Razamik, and today we are talking about sticking with your New Year's resolutions as the new year has just started, the secular new year that is. Um, and we are trying to make the 8% of people who stick with their resolutions grow, that percentage grow. We would like to be a part of it. So I'm here with Atara Weisberger, who is a certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, fitness nutrition specialist. Nutrition coach for weight loss, focusing on behavior change. I met Atara a while ago in Kamisora, where you were the nature person, I think, and you helped us train for the 5K or something that we did. I'm not really sure, but I know through my mother that this is really what you do and that you are good at what you do. So hello, Atara, and welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Um, we are happy to have you here. So as I said, you, you know a little bit about what you're talking about. So in terms of like New Year's resolutions, since that's our topic today, what is your view on them? Do you make them? Do you stick with them? And what do you have to say about the resolutions? Um, I personally don't tend to make New Year's resolutions, probably for the same reason that only 8% of people are successful <laughs> at it. Um, which is that usually when people make New Year's resolutions, it's for something pretty major in their lives. And the more major it is, the more behavior change is usually involved with it. And anytime you're talking about behavior change, um, you're talking about something that has a lot of factors involved in it, physical, emotional, situational. And while I think people, I think it's great to have a period of time during the year where you can kind of reset the clock and feel like you get a chance to recreate yourself or make yourself into something better or different than you were in your test is a great concept. Um, but people have to be aware that when you pick something that's large, that it's going to be difficult because there are all these components that kind of fit into what makes a resolution successful. So I tend to not make them, um, but you know, I have clients who definitely try, you know, use the, the changing of the calendar as an opportunity to reinvent themselves a little bit. So I was, I was going to ask you, um, 
you know, some people like to say, okay, I'm going to rip off the bandaid. I'm going to do it. I'm going to lose 30 pounds or whatever it is. While there are other people who say, you know, maybe a half hour of exercise a day for a year. Let me take that as a challenge. Just a half hour. It's not so much. So in terms of the two sides of it, the two perspectives, which way do you think is more effective in accomplishing something you want to do? You mean in terms of a bigger picture goal versus something that's more specific day-to-day behavioral? Yeah, meaning, you know, obviously day-to-day is a little bit more practical, but at the new Mm -hmm. year, people are like, no, if I, by the end of the year, if I do this, I'm going to be much happier than if I just do a Mm -hmm. half hour every single day. So it's a pretty basic adage that to get to the top of the mountain, you only can move one step at a time. You can't go faster than that. You can put one foot in front of the other, and you can go from the bottom to the top one step at a time. So it's okay to say this is my big picture goal, but in order for it to be successful, you have to be able to break it down into actual behaviors or actions. It's one thing to say, you know, I'd like to lose 50 pounds or 30 pounds by year's end, and it's definitely a good and a reasonable goal to lose 30 pounds in a year. Um, if you do it right and safely and all of that. Um, but I think that you have to be able to take that big goal and break it into actual behaviors that will get you there. So, you know, they kind of go together. It could be that for a beginner who's very deconditioned, who's never exercised, who has really poor eating habits, that saying, I'm going to try and eat two fruits a day and I'm going to try and get to the gym twice a week is going to help them get towards their goal, for example, of losing 30 pounds. It depends really on where you're starting and what your goal is, but they're not mutually exclusive. You need to break one down into the other. So don't just go along with your friends who are saying, oh, we're going to go to the gym every day. If you need to look at yourself and realize, well, my friends have been going to the gym once a month already and I haven't been to the gym ever in my life. So you need to look at yourself before you just make those classic resolutions? A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's got to be personalized. You know, when I work with people, whether it's with personal training or with nutrition, I never, ever use a one-size-fits-all approach, ever. There aren't any two people that I have that are following the exact same food plan or following the exact same exercise plan because it depends on where you're starting and it depends on where you want to go. And, you know, you have to know both of them. You have to be realistic about where you are. You have to be prepared to move out of your comfort zone sometimes. But it also means that you have to really be realistic about, you know, where you're holding at the start and where you want to get to. And then, you know, a good coach or a good trainer or whatever will help you or even a good friend can help you break that down into into really usable bites, so to speak. Um, what... You mentioned a few, but what are some aids along the way that people can, you know, look to as coming from your perspective where you are, I guess, one of the aids in this situation? Um, but what are some little helpers along the way? You know, if someone does want to eat healthier, how can they, you know, help themselves stay on that track from if it's New Year's resolution from January 1st to December 31st? So two things that kind of come to mind right away. One is support. Three things, really. Information, that information is not enough. Clearly, Americans wouldn't have the weight issues they did if information alone was sufficient to make change. Well, I actually just saw, I saw there's some sort of movie coming out that America is way worse than 
they realize we realize we are or something like that. So they're coming out. They're hoping to, I don't know, make people eat better with this movie, I guess. Yeah, there have been a bunch of documentaries out, you know, the, the, uh, I forget what the title is completely, but something like something sick and nearly dead. You know, there have been a bunch of documentaries that have come out about the long, even short term impact of really bad eating habits. But in terms of aid, there's accountability. You need information. Like if you really have no idea what healthy eating is, you've got to find out the basis. And that doesn't mean a particular diet. If you don't know what a carbohydrate is, if you don't know what a fat is, if you don't know what a protein is, if you don't know how much is considered to be a healthy, normal portion, you have to acquire that information. And it can be by reading. It can be by going to a nutritionist. It could be, you know, there are a lot of different ways that you can get the information. Um, then the second thing is accountability. And that means having a way to check in and being able to track your progress is very helpful. So there are online programs, there are apps that you can get to your phone, you can, if you're working with a trainer, you're working with a nutritionist, or even a friend, if the two of you want to work together, you can be accountable to each other, you can track each other. There, are, But having that accountability, someone that you check in with on a regular basis, who's going over with you, what are the struggles, what are your, what are the obstacles to your success, and what have you found to be successful in your effort to get to point B from point A? So it's really accountability, information that you need, and support. So if what you're trying to accomplish, for example, is something that all the friends that you hang out with are not going to support you in, it's going to be an issue. Or if your family doesn't support you, let's say you want to lose weight and your family says, oh, come on, have another donut, that's not a big deal, have another piece of puzzle, it's okay, it's Shabbos, it's whatever. You know, so there are a lot of different you need to have some kind of support around you, people who are doing something or who that you're trying to do or who are like-minded and want to achieve something similar. That's really, those are three big things that they found to be, and I've found in my practice, you know, to be really important for people to succeed. Now, you mentioned that there are apps out there, and with all of the phones and all that kind of stuff, I mean, I was just talking to my grandmother about how she wants to get an iPhone. So I personally have tried some of those apps um, just to even write down what you're eating during the day. So when you get home at like 7.30 at night, you're not, shoot, I kind of want pasta, but did I have that second slice of pizza today? You know, you can't remember. Right. What are some of those and easier ones? Because, come on, we all have trouble with this kind of stuff. But, like, what are some That'd of those apps easier. that we can download even for free just to help us get on the right track? So I'm not so familiar with the specific app names. Okay. I know a couple that jump out at me, like Spark People, for example. I think a lot of people use that. Um, there are, I think it's called, I'm not even sure what some of the names are. I mean, really the simplest, simplest solution is go to Target, go to Walmart, go to wherever you go, go to a drugstore and get a small notebook that fits in your purse, that fits in your briefcase, that fits in your whatever it is you carry around during the day. And every time you eat something or drink something, you're going to write down what it is and how much of it it is. And if you can, if you have the awareness of the time or the presence of mind, it's to write down the time also because you'll start to see patterns throughout the day. You'll start to see, oh, you know what? It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. When I start to get tired, I notice that I really want a candy bar. That's when I need it. And that's usually when people's kind of their resolve starts to wane in the afternoon. You know, I hear all the time, and I don't like the words good and bad. I was so good today. I was so bad today with my food. I try and move clients away from that language. But it you will see dips and 
lulls throughout the day in both your energy and your cravings increase at about the same time that you start to get sleepy and you don't eat all day and then you come home and you raid the fridge and you raid the cabinet. These are all really common patterns that you see. And so if you're writing things down, what you eat, how much you eat, then when you do go to, let's say if you go to a nutritionist, you can say, listen, this is what I've been doing. And she'll, he or she'll have a nice log and they'll be able to see, okay, if you're starting from this place, then we're going to make a really small change. We're going to add more water and we're going to add an extra helping of vegetables or, you know, they can start to kind of make progress slowly, figure out what your next steps are through there. But you can also look back and say, oh, listen, you know, I really see a pattern here. The nights that I didn't sleep very much, I see I really ate a lot more the next day or I really had a terrible workout at the gym and I just didn't burn the calories that I needed to burn, you know. So that's the simplest tool that I know of is a pen, I don't know, but as old-fashioned as that is. But I'm sure there are great apps out there. I just, uh, I'm not so right. familiar with all the names. No, so. it's it's interesting because, you know, I'm not saying anything that, like, I would never go to a nutritionist because I know nutritionists are very important. But um that could keep you, you know, if you don't necessarily have the money to spend and go to a meeting, that's just something you can do yourself. I was going to ask, are there 100%. things, you know, it, it's, it's basically free. Go to a 99 cent store or even if you have a, a smartphone, there's a note app on your phone, I'm sure. Everybody has it. Yep. Um, and then you could just fix it yourself. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't need to cost a lot of money to track it. You know, you right. can gather scrap paper from your house and cut it into little pieces and staple it and put it in your, in your, you know, in your bag or whatever. Definitely doesn't have to cost money, but it, there is a, a tremendous amount of research that's been done in terms of weight loss and conditioning that recording your food intake and your workouts, for example, is both a motivator and just like one of the easiest, most effective tools for people to really start to make change in this area. So you mentioned the two keys in weight loss, which are your food intake and working out. I passed two, at least two gyms that I could think of, but there are two next door to each other on the way to school every day. And they are having crazy sales. And I think that this is the month that between like December 20th and January 20th, whatever is when gyms make the most money because everybody's putting, you know, they want to get a monthly thing at a gym for their New Year's resolution. What are the, um, I can't really think of the word, but I guess the pros and cons, let's say between like working out versus eating better, which one would you say is, um, more effective or helpful or does it really depend on the person or you need both? Like what kind of, there's two ways that people um, can lose weight. So which one would you say is, you know, better or different? So it's a great question. And it's, you you know, I've definitely seen different statistics bandied about about exactly what percentage is genetics, what percentage is food of weight loss and what percentage is exercise. So my business partner has a quote that I love, which is that you cannot out-train a bad diet, which means that, yes, exercise for sure is important in the weight loss process because if you're talking about that it's a it's a numbers game and to a certain extent, energy out, energy in, you have to come in under, you know, the amount of energy you take in in food has to come in underneath the amount of energy you expend in order to lose weight. So that means that you need to burn more calories and take in less calories. So the way to burn more calories than normal is to exercise. But you can't work out enough 
even if you spend three hours in the gym a day, you can't work out enough to compensate for a high-fat, high-sugar diet. You just can't, or a high-carb, like high-junk-carb diet. And so you really need both, but you're not going to see the results that you want to see, even if you're an exercise king or queen. You're not going to see the results that you want unless your food is clean. And when I say clean, what I mean by that is that you're eating primarily healthy proteins, fruits, lots and lots of vegetables, drinking lots of water, eating whole grains. Those are, you know, the basics of the of healthy eating. So it's really, it's a good question. They go hand in hand um, and you need both. And exercise serves a lot of purposes besides just losing weight that help in the weight loss process. It improves your mood, it reduces stress, it lowers cortisol levels in the body. And all three of those things generally lead people to eat. Stress leads people to eat. Fatigue leads people to eat. High cortisol levels changes your blood sugar and makes you hungry and crave sugar. And those are all things that exercise lowers. So it serves multiple purposes in the weight loss game, for sure. Um, but, it, you know, you really need both of them. The one thing about exercise, I will say, and if I could stand on a rooftop, I would, <laughs> you do not need to spend an hour and a half in the gym. If you're going to the gym and spending an hour and a half and getting frustrated because you don't have enough time to work out because that's how long it takes you, call me. (laughs) You do not (laughs) need to spend. You can go into a gym and in 30 minutes, you can get an unbelievable workout in, boost your metabolism for the rest of the day, and change the shape of your body, along with clean eating, of course. And, you know, if you're going in and spending an hour and a half a day on the treadmill, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's like, that's my, that's my platform. Well, I hope listeners take that to heart. Um, you mentioned clean eating and I can tell you that almost my entire life, I thought you're supposed to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. Though Mm -hmm. now I'm hearing some people say, no, you're really supposed to have four meals a day, not three, then five, then two, then one big one with two small ones. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to be eating during the day that is you know, not even just the types of foods, but the amounts of foods and the types of foods. But like, what are you supposed to be eating during the day that means clean food? Just like, could you walk us through a little bit of what a day looks like? Sure. Uh, it's a great question. Um, so, and, you know, I think even for a nutritionist, and I, I read voraciously on research that comes out, but I can tell you that even for a nutritionist, it gets confusing because there's so much conflicting information out there. The basics are the reason behind the many meals, you know, the the multiple small meals a day is really just because it's like if you have a fire, if you consider your metabolism to be a fire inside a furnace, if you want to keep that furnace running, you need to keep adding fuel. So that's kind of the idea behind small frequent meals is you're constantly stoking the, the fire of metabolism. And so your your body doesn't, your metabolism doesn't kind of go to sleep during the day. Right, which is why breakfast is so important, right? Because you sleep, your body goes without food for a long time, your metabolism kind of pulls back and slows down a little bit. And you want to get up in the morning and eat something because you want to get that furnace going. You got to get it moving during the day. And then you want to keep it going during the day with small, healthy meals. So it depends on your schedule. You know, it depends on how right. often you can fit in a meal. And the meals don't have to be complicated. You don't have to sit down to, you know, something fancy. A meal can be cottage cheese and fruit. A meal can be, you know, a bowl of quinoa pasta with 
a little bit of chicken on it. It could be it happens you're having to be chicken broccoli and last brown year, rice, you know? last year in seminary, they would almost every single girl would come down to night Seder with like a bowl of yogurt, granola and fruit. And that's like what everybody was eating. It was just so funny to watch. And like, you never even thought of that before you got to seminary, but it's a quick, you can throw it together in probably two minutes or less. And it's pretty nutritional, I think. I mean, it's yogurt and fruit. Yep, for sure. I mean, it really is like meals can be so simple. You know, I really encourage clients and this is, this is something that people can kind of put on their, their list of behaviors to incorporate into a healthy, you know, 2015 is at the beginning of each week, either on a Sunday, you know, it's just a very practical tip, but on a Sunday, for example, make a bunch of chicken or fish or simple recipes, easy spices, pop it in the oven, you have it ready to go, and then one, like, side dish, like I'll make a vegetarian chili or vegetarian soup or something, so that if you're in a rush, you can just grab and take it with you, or you can grab, pop it in the microwave, eat, and go. And then you can fill that in with the quicker meals, with the cottage cheese or the yogurt or the handful of nuts and raisins or whatever it is, but so that you kind of keep yourself eating through, you know, not constantly, but every three to four hours if your schedule allows it. You want to be intaking some kind of protein and either a fruit or a vegetable or some other small portion of a healthy carb. That's kind of the foundation of it. Really, protein, fruits, and vegetables are the foundation, and you're adding in some healthy whole grain carbs carbs meaning grains in between. That's kind of the foundation of it. And again, the, the percentage of how much protein, how many carbs, how many fruits, how many veggies really has a lot to depend on the individual that I'm working with. And that comes with just kind of talking through their food preferences, talking through, you know, what their schedule looks like, what they have access to, et cetera. So. I really like that because a lot of times, you know, I'll get home at the end of the day and I'll go for a slice of pizza because it's going to be ready in five minutes when had I just taken the time in the beginning, you know, I could have made a much nicer dinner, like a piece of salmon or something, and then it's ready also right. in five minutes because it's already cooked. Um, yep, exactly. Now, and planning, a little bit of planning goes right. a tremendous way towards people reaching their goals. Um, I know that you have children, and I know that my mother likes to sometimes share her thoughts with us, so meaning me and my siblings. So I'm kind of curious what do you try how much do you really try and influence your children i mean it's all around them because you're their mom so it's in their home but how do you influence them and how do you make sure that they stay on the right track in terms of this kind of thing so i i don't i'll tell you what i don't do is i don't preach <laughs> i what i do is i cook a certain way and i've always cooked that way so you can ask, oh, well, what about the family that hasn't cooked that way? Let's say that, I mean, they're used to, my kids are used to, when I make kale salad, I have a recipe that's like unbelievable for kale salad. Seriously, there is not a piece of kale left in the bowl. I don't have to tell anybody anything. One is that it's delicious and you have to find recipes that taste good. So it's not a compromise. They're used to, they're, you know, they're used to having healthy food. They don't even think about it. But so what would you say for someone who's not used to having healthy food? So for someone who's not used to it, I would tell them to take small steps and don't preach to your kids. Eat it yourself. Make it for yourself and eat it for yourself. Your kids will get curious. They will. I can promise that after they see you sitting down with a salad, first time they might not say anything. Second time they might not say anything. But the third time, they'll be like, 
Ma, what is that? What are you eating? Why are you, what are you eating all the time? It looks so different from what we're eating. Oh, I'm eating, I'm eating broccoli soup or I'm eating, you know, a veggie stir fry with chicken. It's delicious. Want to try? No, 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 not for me, not for me. Okay. Just keep making it. Keep eating it. And eventually it'll happen. Showing up on the table because the preaching isn't going to help. You know, it just turns, it turns people off. People can't, they just can't hear it so much like that, especially from parents. Like I have teenagers. Right. So the, the preaching piece for sure doesn't work, but is to is to start slowly introducing and to taste test things. Like don't put your first healthy dish out that's bland and doesn't look good and you wouldn't want to eat it. You know, do some experimenting in the kitchen, ask friends for healthy recipes that their kids eat and then just slowly start introducing them, you know, kind of dish by dish, meal by meal. Um, and eventually they'll, they'll get curious. Right. That's interesting. I mean, I'm not a teenager anymore, but preaching does not work e- even now. So it's true. No. That's, that's pretty interesting. Not a good policy. Also, everybody's curious. You know, teenagers are curious. We got to step into everybody's business and find out what everybody's doing. <laughs> um, now, how can people contact you to find out more information or what, you know, is your job? Cause you do this all the time. You mentioned you have clients. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do? Okay, so a couple ways they can get in touch with me. Um, I own a studio. I actually co-own it with um, a friend of mine, and it's called The Tribe Athletics and Fitness, and we are located in Nutley, New Jersey. Um, but people can contact me by email, and I'll give you my email address. It's Atara Teva, A-T-A-R-A, T as in Tom, E, V as in Victor, A, at Gmail. Um, and they can go to our Facebook page. They can like our Facebook page for updates and to see our schedule. Um, they can also send me messages there. So, again, it's the Tribe Athletics and Fitness on Facebook. And uh, those are probably the two best ways to, to get in touch with me and be happy to answer listeners' questions and and uh, help direct them. So, Okay, thank the tribe you. Is, yeah. Uh, the yeah. tribe is an interesting place because we have separate men's and women's hours. Oh, wow. Class-based. We're a class-based fitness studio. We have a range of classes, and it's in a beautiful setting, beautiful location. It's meant to feel very welcoming. So, you know, we, we do personal training, small group training, nutrition, et cetera. So check thank out the you. tribe. Yes, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I hope the listeners learned a lot. And we will be right back after this.
Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Razamik, and I am here with Claire Kirschenbaum. I mean, I know her as Mora Claire, but that's not what we're going to talk about here. Claire is a life coach, and as a life coach, she helps clients move their lives forward in order to find fulfillment, success, well-being, and happiness. Together, they pinpoint blocks or obstacles that have been holding them back from reaching desired outcomes in order to move through them and reach their individual potential. So I chose to interview Claire because one of the classic New Year's resolutions is 
I want to get my life back together. I don't want to be such a mess. I want to figure out where I'm going in my life. So who better to interview than a life coach? Um, hello, Claire. Welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I said I know you as more Claire, but really, you're my best friend's mom. So let's be <laughs> I was honest. I'm gonna say here. I know you as Leora, Jenna's, Jenna's best friend. So <laughs> um, it's all good. So I mentioned earlier in the show that apparently only eight percent of people stick to their New Year's resolutions. So what is your thought? What are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? Are they positive? Is it better to just say like, okay, today's April. Let's work on something in April, not like for the entire year. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are pretty much what you're saying, that it is just an excuse where people say, oh, January 1st, good time to start. And if that's what works, great. But I'd like to remind people that every day is a new day to start with new goals. And and um, yeah, every month, the first of every month, if you know things aren't going your way, you could still readjust and start again. So you you would it's not such a great if you're doing it for the hype and like oh everybody's making a new year's resolution so i should just do it that's not what you should be doing basically well if it works for you then great well, yeah. if it doesn't it shouldn't be discouraging um so in terms of picking a place to start in even if it's not a new year's resolution if you're just saying okay i need to you know get my life a little bit in order what are the key tools you would need to set up before you can even start in your journey? So I'm going to start off by saying the reason sometimes people don't meet their resolutions is because their goals are too many, too vague, and too difficult. So there, because there are many competing priorities in life. So the first thing I would suggest is making your goals very specific. Instead of just saying like, I'm going to get my life in order. Right. If you're thinking, well, I want a healthier lifestyle, that's not going to do it. The first thing you might want to do is remove soda from your diet. Right. Once you've completed that, then your next step could be to build in exercise into your thing instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to be healthier this year. So we need to zone in on why we want to get our life back together and focus on like those things. Right. And how you could succeed at that. You might want to call a friend and say, I want to be accountable to you. Do this with me or let me talk to you about it every day. So I can be successful. So support system support is system. key. Mm-hmm. So that it's not difficult. Um, and also not being afraid to mess up. So let's say you're out with friends and you do something that was against your original goal. Let's say you have a piece of chocolate cake. Okay, don't beat yourself up over it, but get back up and do it again. Because otherwise you're just going to be discouraged and everything goes by the wayside. My dad said his, his favorite pasuk is that... Every morning they brought the same carbon every morning and every afternoon, no matter what it was. And apparently I don't really know much about it, but like God's favorite baseball player would be like the one who played for like 28 seasons in a row or something. It's consistency. You have to be consistent because otherwise, you know, if something goes wrong, it goes wrong. It went wrong. It's over. Get Start back up again. and try again. <laughs> exactly. Um, so are there any tips you can give to someone? You know, we, we just spoke to, um, a nutritionist who said, Atara, who said that a notebook of writing down every single food that you're eating, it's just a small thing you can do to make you realize like, oh, I didn't sleep last night and now I'm eating a ton today. So is there something that you can yeah. do that's similar or that can help you just like zone so in? That's funny. There's two things I want to say on that. The first one is um, 
writing down your goals was something that I suggest, and you can sort of make that a contract with yourself. So you can put it on your mirror every morning as a reminder. So that's also something in writing. The second tool that I often share with clients is something we call aim smart, where you're setting a goal and your aim needs to be realistic. So aim is the A stands for being acceptable. What is an acceptable goal for you? The ideal is what is the ideal for you? And the M is middle, what is the most realistic stretch for you? And that's how you can gauge what is the most realistic thing for you to be thinking about. Once you have that, then you have to be smart about it. So the S, like I mentioned before, is specific. What is that first step? The, second, the M is measurable. How will you measure that first step? How are you gonna quantify it and qualify it? The next letter would be A, achievable. Is it possible to achieve? Because, again, it has to be realistic. Right. Um, the R stands for being reasonable. How reasonable is it that you can do what you're saying you will do at this particular time? Like, you know, like we said, life happens. There are things that come up. So make sure it's reasonable. And the T stands for time-oriented. So putting a date or, you know, a completion time of your first step, not the entire goal, but of the first step. Like, what am I going to do th today? What am I going to do by the end of the week? And what am I going to do by the, month, the end of the month? So those are the two. So interesting. It's not, so New Year's resolution is like, no, throw right. them you out the window. pick this up at any time. Let's do this whenever yeah. we want. My birthday happens to be at the end of the year. So I was saying that there were things that I wanted to take on for myself for the year. But like, they're not New Year's resolutions. It's more of like, for year 20 in my life, I'm going to try this and, you know, stuff like that. But <clears throat> are you able to, I mean, it's not really walking me through a day, but you know, you said putting something on the mirror, it reminds you every morning. Are there like little things you would say that, you know, would remind you? What can you do to remind yourself like little sticky notes or that just right. like helps you stick with it? Um, being accountable to yourself or a buddy usually helps with people. Um, people have different things that work for them. I'm trying to think what I could what would work uh sometimes just self-affirmations throughout the day uh there's been studies that if you repeat it three or four times in the mirror then you start to believe it i know someone who she was at a wedding and she wanted to like get herself pumped up in order to go dance because like everybody's dancing at the wedding they're all like pumped up but she wasn't feeling it for some reason so she's standing on the side saying like go 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 and then she's like all pumped up it was exactly. just so funny to hear the story and there's another thing that people often say, if you can't, um, you have the intention, but you're not feeling it, right? Then you have to start picturing it as if it's already done. Imagine and start feeling how you'll feel once you're, That's you've interesting. accomplished that goal. Cause because once you then, feel how good it is, you're going to be like, yeah, Oh, I right. want it. And your mind and body and everything just starts to follow. Um, is there any material you could think of that like people could look to for advice in this area? I mean, when I was doing research on this, on New Year's resolutions in general, I was Googling different things and the article that kind of stuck out to me was, it was called how to keep from failing at your New Year's resolutions. Like they already know exactly. we're not doing well in these types of things. So there's so much to the language when you say failure and it's the same thing instead of looking at, you know, okay, so I had that piece of cake or whatever it is you did that you didn't want to do. It's a bum. Just, it's not a failure. It's uh my daughter was telling me about this artist. Um, many of you might remember him from Channel 13. He used to draw those trees, Bob Ross. He would say, oh, happy little accidents. 
it's just something to learn from and move forward. Don't right. not, to stay away from the negativity. The failure language is not productive. What is that you're holding in your hands? Ah, so I'm holding a wheel of life, and I brought this <laughs> because it breaks up what we think of in terms of the areas of our lives. So the reason I just brought it as a reminder to say also many times people um, have these goals. And like I said before, that it's all over the place. This helps us concentrate on an area where you feel the that you're not at a number 10 yet. So, for instance, there's personal development, there's spiritual awareness, there's fun and enjoyment, there's health, there's finance. So it kind of breaks it down a little bit so you can... So you can rate it out, and yeah. see where you want to target, where your numbers are the lowest, because once you bring it up, it's called a wheel because you want it to be balanced. So everything ah. will fall into place. And if the and wheel is like flat in some area, it's not going to. Correct. Gonna and gonna once so you much. start bringing up one area, everything sort of goes in sync and That's everything so looks much better. <laughs> the listener should just know that like it looks pretty intriguing, whatever she's holding in her hand. That's why I asked. It's like a circle on a piece of paper. Right. So I am actually meeting a client and this these were her answers. And so I connect the dots to show. To figure out how to fix it. Yeah, where the biggest bump is and that's what's supposed to That's so interesting. Oh, because, oh, I see. There's like a scale on each one. Right. So if she brings up what's most important to her, everything's going to start to look better. That's very cool. Do you have any other fun things things in there? I kind of shared them with you, the goal setting and, Uh um, yeah, just... You know, some, oh, there was one other thing that sometimes people don't accomplish what they want because there's too much negativity in their lives. Whether if you go back to the food example, if there's a bag of potato chips, then you're going to crave into those potato chips and you will not have met your goal for that day. So do away with the potato chips in your home. So they're not available to you. And it goes the same for negative people in your life. If you see that someone's bringing you down, Either you have to build up the resilience or you have to let go and move on and find people that inspire you and raise you. Right. So that you can get there too. Right. Um, now I know your children, um, some of them pretty well. <laughs> so what do they think? Cause I know that my mother, you know, sometimes she likes to tell us what's on her mind if it has to do with our lives. And sometimes she'll ask if we want advice and sometimes she won't and she'll just give it to us. So (laughs) how do your children and how do you deal with having children at, you know, one's in college and two are graduating high school. So there are pretty big stages in their lives that change will happen. They're at the years that change probably happens the most in terms of like where their life is going. So how do you do, do they like having a life coach as a mom or do you have to like take the back seat? Well, I would have to ask them if they like say, having a life coach. That's not that's something true. I can answer. Um, tune in next. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how do you deal with, you know, being a life coach and having and your children up being such a big part in their lives? So I think it's opened up a lot of avenues of communication. Uh, if there are challenges that need to be faced, I do not give them necessarily my opinion unless they ask for it, but I ask them to follow what their gut says, what's what's right for their values, because that's what it boils down to. Because you can't have, you can't make someone do something if it's not what they believe in. It won't be successful. You know, right. you could force it, but then that might backfire. So I have them, I try to have them find out what's going to work for them. What do they really want? 
And was this always something, cause you weren't always life an coach, active right. life coach. I mean, you could have been helping people and I didn't know about it, but right. you weren't like, this wasn't your job. So how did you, you know, come to this? How did you find this? Cause you're pretty good at it. You. <laughs> I mean, from this interview, I'm finding, you know, the tools that you're giving are very useful. They're very helpful. So for someone who seems to be so knowledgeable on a topic, but they w- haven't been doing this for because so many years. It, it is a way of life. It's how I've lived. Um, I've had challenges growing up, as everyone does. Right. We all have different ones. But I've always been told that I had a positive outlook. And I think that's kind of what led me here. And that's what I try to impart on my children. You want to share it with others. There's no reason to look at, uh, people call it bad things, negative things, whatever you want to call it. There's, I believe there's a reason for everything. And like, for instance, when a high school senior doesn't get into a college, okay, it hurts. You get stronger from hurt. And eventually you can look back and say, oh, this was the path. It had to be that way. And that's, you know, how you could look back. So that's, that's kind of how a life coach appeared for me. <laughs> right. Cause I was going to say, you know, if I like when things happen to some people, it's nice sometimes for someone to come in and coach them through it. I guess your kids have it there for free. Right. <laughs> um, right. Are there any like small things like for someone who's not gonna, who doesn't think they're ready to make the change yet? Mm-hmm. Is there something small that, cause you say like, if you picture yourself, at the end, at the finish line, it'll help you get there. Right. But for someone who's not ready to start the race yet, is there a training they can do before the race? It was like a weird analogy that just <laughs> kind of came out there. But um, is there just like some one tiny, small, little thing that they can do? I mean, you say throw away the negativity. Mm-hmm. If a person is not ready to make the change, then... I would just say be comfortable not making it and have that self-love and self-awareness and then be open to any opportunity where you can take that first step. Okay. Um, and again, I would also, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm no, sorry please, stop, but please. I just realized that I would ask them what is holding them back. What is the That's fear? A good one. Because it's, it's when we don't do something, it's out of There's fear. a reason we're do, not doing it. So to try to, you don't Figure necessarily have to figure it all out, but acknowledge that there's a fear say why am I like what they're to be afraid of and move forward um and this is your job now you are a life coach professionally so can you tell people if they want to contact you if they want to find more resources on the types of things that you do how they can do that sure i have an email address it's claire c-l-a-i-r-e at growyourtruth.com all spelled out grow your truth because that's okay. what it's about. It's finding your truth, being living in alignment, and moving forward. So they can email you if they want to find out some more Correct. information on the topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be great. Thank and you. that's, I mean, what, so your company, I guess, company is called Grow, Grow your, your Truth. truth. Mm-hmm. And you have other things too with that. Do you want to talk about them a little bit? Uh, the weight loss. Right. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know if you have other stuff too, but. Yeah. Yeah. So we're also, I'm also part of a company that helps people with their, we call it a transformational journey, transitional no, transformation, um, where they can change their life. They, they're 
they come in wanting to lose weight, but it's kind of like that wheel of life. When you start losing weight and you feel great about yourself, job opportunities come up, people look at you differently. So it'll, uh, and they can email the other email address if they want to know about that too. Right. So that's, or the, the, the well, you email say that for one. that one is Claire at whyweightonline.com, all spelled out, W-H-Y-W-E-I-G-H-T, online.com. It's a good thing you spelled it out because some people might have done like the <laughs> other weight, um, yeah. though it sounds like a play on words <laughs> to me. Um, so thank you so much for joining thank us. You. If you have anything else to say, please feel free to say no, it. No, this was fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoy learning from you. and. If you missed the first half, you should go back and listen to it. But just to sum up what we did with Atara was she said that you cannot outrun a bad diet. Um, that's the quote that she said. And at the beginning of each week, you should plan your week out then. And so that way you can stay on track. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Yep. Don't just take it day by day. I mean, take it day by day, but also look where you're going. Don't just say like, today is the day. So thank you for joining us. I had a lot of fun learning about this topic and if you haven't started if you haven't had made a new year's resolution that doesn't mean that it's too late to start changing your life you can change it at any time you want um you can email me leora l-e-o-r-a at com if you have any questions about this if you didn't catch the contact information for the two people i can give it to you um or if you have any other thoughts feelings, emotions, questions, anything you want, you can email me. Um, so thank you for joining us. My name is Leo Zamek, and this was The Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Man, bye.